Digital. Student-centred. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Jo Elliott, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Thank you for joining us today, everybody. Um, today, we're joined by Emily Wade, who is an Associate Lecturer in Communication um, from Deakin's School of Communication and Creative Arts. Thank you for joining us, Emily. Thanks for having me, Jo. It's a pleasure to be here. So Emily's going to talk to us today about some um, research that she's done um, on engaging students online. But before we do, Emily, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself um, and who you are as a teacher and researcher? Sure. So um, being an academic and, and a teacher, of course, at Deakin is something that I've sort of fallen into. Um, I've come from a varied industry background, actually started off as a registered nurse many years ago, um, but came back and did postgrad study at Deakin in communications and really um, enjoying teaching. And obviously with my background, um, I'm really passionate about finding opportunities for students um, and making sure that we are teaching in a way that's relevant um, and up to date based on industry best practice. So a lot of um, my style of teaching is informed by what I know industry is looking for and also what I know students are capable of in terms of their creativity and and um, their ability to build a profile and become job ready, so to speak, before they've even graduated. So um, that is reflected in my research as well. So um, I do a lot of work around sort of student agency, online identity, gamification um, is one part of that, which is a whole other area. Um, and of course, different ways we can engage students online and, um, you know, what they respond to in those settings. So that's really where most of my work sits in that space. But of course, being in the online digital technology um, space, things change very quickly. So um, we're often experimenting with things and getting feedback in real time from students as, as we do that. Fantastic. And I've seen some of the, um, the videos um, and the, um, the social media engagements that um, you have with your students. And it, it's wonderful to see those connections and um, the, the students developing who they are as, um, as professionals. Um, but I'm really interested to know um, a bit more about some of the research you've done recently with um, your colleague, Adam Brown, who listeners might be familiar with from episode five of this podcast, um, about engaging students online. Can you tell us a bit more about that research and some of the things you found? Absolutely. So um, we've conducted um, over 20 in-depth interviews now with a range of students um, studying communications degrees, um, undergrads and postgrads. And we've asked them very detailed questions about lots of different forms of engagement. So um, talking about social media and how social media has played a role in their studies and enhanced or otherwise their engagement and their motivation. And then we've looked at lots of other um, issues from um, engaging students on Zoom, what they value in an online learning experience, what motivates them in their study, what they've found in terms of outcomes. Um, it might be internship opportunities, job opportunities. And also we've talked about um, themes such as confidence and, um, you know, ability to share their work online in a way that 
um, gets them again uh, sort of ready, building a profile that they'll be able to use when they get out into the workforce. So there were quite in-depth interviews and we really had a focus on wanting to hear students' stories and their experiences because we're really trying to get a, a good understanding of, you know, what students really want out of, out of their learning experience, which I think is so important. And, of course, as teachers, we're always um, thinking about ways that we can engage students and what we can do. Um, we're all performing when we are online, both students and teachers, and really getting a bit more detail from students about what they truly value, I think, has, has come out in so many different ways. And um, I think that Zoom in particular is, is quite a, a hot topic at the moment. Of course, um, we've been teaching with Zoom for quite a few years now, but um, there's been a big push after um, last year in particular. A lot more people have had to move online to Zoom, teachers and students, and there's very different experiences in how people have used that platform and how they've found value in it and also challenges that we're facing around Zoom as well. So we've got a lot of insights. There's still a long way to go with data analysis and, you know, writing different um, papers around that, but there's some really fantastic insights that we're hearing already. Fantastic. So let's start with Zoom then, what what did students share about what's working for them? Um, what helps build their confidence for those online interactions via Zoom? What is it that they want out of their Zoom sessions? Yeah, so that's that's a really good question. And it, it's obviously with anything um, in teaching and learning in, in any aspect of life, everyone, every individual will have different preferences for this sort of thing. But something that, that came out really strongly through those interviews was students wanted to find value in actually um, being present at a Zoom session in a synchronous fashion. So if they were coming to a Zoom session and feeling like it was really a lecture style delivery with no interaction, there wasn't a great deal of motivation there for them to continue attending Zoom sessions. When um, some students commented, if it's going to be delivered in that style, then I'd prefer to access a recording at a time that suits me um, if that's the way it's going to be delivered. And there was lots of other um, stories that they had about, you know, one thing that comes out, and I know it's talked about a lot, is whether people turn their cameras on or not and whether people are interacting using the microphone. And as we know, there's lots of different reasons why students may not be able to share a camera or a microphone. And I think that's first and foremost a really important thing to think about. Um, as a teacher, it can be quite um, demoralising if you are teaching to, to, you know, a screen of black boxes, um, not being able to see faces, not having that those nonverbal cues to help, you know, help you assess whether you're on the right track, whether students are engaged. But also, you know, there's there's lots of different reasons why students may not be able to, in certain circumstances, share their cameras. But what we found through our research and also our practical experience is there's a lot of things we can do as teachers to really set up a conversation around why it could be valuable to turn on cameras, why we can actually simulate a physical classroom um, environment in a virtual environment. So there, we will never get a complete um, 
you know, reenactment of that physical um, environment. But I do little things like from, from the very beginning, and it's been interesting this year as we've gone back to blended learning, we've had one of the units I teach, we taught for six weeks on campus and then we transitioned to online Zoom sessions. And that was a really interesting experience because we actually had the opportunity to talk to students before we went to Zoom sessions and really set up that sort of expectation that um, those opportunities to really engage in a meaningful learning experience once we were online. So I actually got my students to write their names on a piece of paper during our last physical um, class in the classroom and um, hold those bits of paper in front of their faces. And we had a chat about the difference between communication when you're actually speaking to someone but you can't see their face and you're just looking at a name and that sort of um, practical activity started them thinking about okay so when I'm at home and I'm coming along to a seminar even though it's via zoom there's so many things that I can do here that are exactly the same as if we were in the classroom and the other um, thing that I think is really important is not to revert back to that idea of, well, we're on Zoom, so somehow this is a lesser experience. And I think using lots of online tools and, you know, we have our students interacting on Twitter um, as part of the unit anyway. So we've already got that sort of more informal um, channel of communication that can supplement our learning and it can encourage students to share their work online, which is a huge um, advantage when we get to Zoom. And, um, you know, there's so many other tools you can use and it's amazing how simple some of these techniques can be. But I've continued to develop my teaching practice around Zoom. So things like I do refer to when we're at a Zoom session together, I always welcome students and I remind them at the start of every single session, make sure you turn your camera on, your microphone on. If you've got background noise, feel free to mute yourself when you're not speaking. But otherwise, let's, you know, all make this um, the best experience that we can while we're in the classroom together. And I've started referring to Zoom sessions as a classroom because I feel like those little um, sort of nuances in the way that we're referring to things can be really powerful in, in shaping perceptions. So that encouragement to turn a camera on actually needs to follow through weekly. And I find that that, I wouldn't call it a battle, but that um, sort of conversation and that encouragement is so important because it's so easy. We all know what it feels like. You might wake up in the morning, you really can't be bothered going to a seminar. You're at home, there's already some some quite tempting things there to think, well, I can't be bothered. I'm in my pyjamas. I don't want anyone to see me. There's a big element of self-consciousness there um, that, you know, in some ways, maybe that's an opportunity for a student to attend class when maybe they're not feeling 100%, but they can come because it's a Zoom session. Having said that, um, continuing those conversations, encouraging people to turn their cameras on from the start and as a teacher modelling those behaviours as well, as a teacher always being on camera, always having your microphone on, making sure that you're asking questions, keeping a conversation going. I use the Zoom poll a lot. If I'm, you know, there's always going to be quieter students in a, in a group Sometimes encouraging use of the chat function for someone who doesn't feel comfortable to actually speak, 
they'll be actually quite happy to put quite a few responses in the chat. That seems to work really well. Of course, as a teacher, you've got to then balance looking at the chat and engaging with people and trying to work between the two, but it, it is quite um, a fantastic function to have there. So the Zoom polls, just putting a question in there, it's very easy to set them up. If you've got an easy question where you just like to gauge, you know, for example, I, I asked them in the last week of, of this trimester, who has a LinkedIn profile and who doesn't? It's amazing how clear results are when you put a, a poll up and they have to answer yes or no, as opposed to the few voices who might actually say, yes, I do or no, I don't. Um, and there's so many other tools we use, things like Padlet, um, you know, mixing up the conversation, making use of the fact that students will have their phones in their hands while they're at a Zoom session. That's not necessarily a disadvantage. We tend to talk about phones as being a distraction, but let's use those. We know they're there. Let's use those as a tool to increase their engagement in the Zoom session. So um, through the research, we found... Um, quite strong themes of students really appreciating those sessions where there was a lot of that interactivity, there was variety. Um, and if they find value in coming along to a Zoom session, students will continue to come along. And I have to say that's something I've had to adjust to. Sometimes you will have a group that there is a certain number of students who, who won't turn their cameras on no matter how many times we have the conversation, how many times I remind them. And it's using all those different ways to engage them and at the same time feeling confident in the knowledge that they continue to come along every single week. So they're finding value in attending, even if you feel as a teacher I don't know if this is really hitting the mark because I'm not getting that feedback. They must be finding value if they're coming along every single week. So I've had to, you know, there's all levels of engagement and there's lots of different ways that people prefer to engage. We've got quite a big international cohort and for some students who are joining a Zoom session from overseas because of their internet speed and various other reasons, they actually can't have their camera on and, and hear what's happening. So it's, I suppose it's being adaptable in all of those situations. I love that reminder of engagement looking different and mm -hmm. just because a student doesn't have their camera on, it doesn't mean they're, they're not engaged and they're not mm. thinking and seeing value in, in what they're learning. And certainly if they are continuing to show up, that's um, a huge tick of approval mm. um, in, in the age where it is very easy to, to watch a recording should you wish to. That's right. um, so, I mean, obviously, yes, we do need to provide those opportunities for students to just listen and engage in the ways that um, you uh, that they uh, feel comfortable mm -hmm. and are able to in, in that moment. Um, but have you um, has there been much resistance, or how have students responded to the encouragement to turn their cameras on? Has it been a you know about half the class does and they continue to, or mm -hmm. um, is it kind of a case by case basis? Today I can't turn my camera on, but usually I'm going to. Yeah, so usually um, because we have those conversations are so prominent in, in all of our teaching, I would say most of my, my seminars now, and I know this goes for other tutors in, in the area, the majority of students will have their cameras on. 
it but it doesn't go without the reminder at the beginning of the session so I really think that um that positive reinforcement when you get that really good um you know percentage of students turning the camera on is so important because you see you know I mean we all respond to positive reinforcement really um really well so if you say it is wonderful to see you here thank you for making the effort you are showing that you're motivated you're engaged in your learning and you will get so much value out of this so thank you and you know it's okay to be humble as well I really appreciate you turning your camera on because this makes my job easier too so you know let's get into the session um it is a case-by-case basis I've I've had it's I find it really fascinating looking at the psychology side of this and collective um, personalities that you end up with a group will um, it's amazing how um, you know some sort of standard will be set in terms of cameras on or off and if if it's quite persistent and you're not able to break through that it can be really tough for for a whole trimester and I have had a couple of groups like that over you know the last few years but at the end of the day they were still coming along so it's continuing to give them opportunities to engage in different ways um, and you know, those constant reminders and positive reinforcement when they do, I think I, for myself, to to make sure that I'm still motivated and not, you know, not sort of losing my momentum thinking, well, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm getting any traction here if cameras aren't on, is um, to really remind yourself that um, the students are attending, so that's a really positive thing. Plus, we don't know what's happening in their lives. I would have to say there's, for this trimester in particular, um, there's been a lot more students dealing with many tricky situations um, outside of uni. So appreciating the fact that they've come along, I think, is a good place to start from, even though it's not always the easiest situation to teach in. And yeah. as you've said, having all of those additional ways in order mm. to interact, whether it's via the chat or polling mm. um, or Padlet, Mentimeter, whatever you're yeah. using. Um, and that's probably a nice segue into your social media engagement as mm. well. So can you tell us a little bit about how you use social media with your students, how you I guess, start off that engagement and um, any suggestions you'd have for other staff who are, are looking to use social media more in their mm. teaching? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the main platform that we use is Twitter um, just for a number of reasons. Um, setting up a profile there doesn't mean that you have access to a whole heap of personal information, which I think is really important. Um, and for a lot of students coming into our units, they they tend to initially say, why are we using Twitter? Like it's very unfamiliar to most of them. In Australia, there's there's certain, um, you know, groups of people who are on Twitter generally, um, academics, journalists, etc. cetera. But um, for many students, it's unfamiliar. But what we are helping them to explore through that use of Twitter is online personal professional profile building. So starting to think about their social media use more in the sense of not just interacting with close friends and family, but how can they actually develop a presence for themselves that will be of benefit later on? And of course, it can be a huge benefit for the teaching process as well, because there's lots of opportunities for in 
informal feedback. So students start off by just creating a basic profile. We use hashtags that are the unit codes to, to help connect students in, in those units. And through their, their first sort of social media unit that they do, we do a lot of talking about, you know, what's appropriate to post with a, a unit hashtag, um, how can you interact with others and provide value? How can you be visible? So things like not just liking posts, actually interacting, having conversations with people. And the way we often develop that confidence is we get students tweeting during seminars because with that support and with the um I suppose, the encouragement from their peers, as well as us as teachers tweeting and, and, you know, putting questions out there, asking them to respond, that entire process helps to facilitate their, their use of the platform, but also thinking about how can I apply this in different areas? So most students will be on different social media platforms, um, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, Snapchat, all of those sorts of things. For many different reasons, they don't suit the the purpose that that we have here um but twitter provides a perfect sort of template that they can then go and apply to different platforms so sometimes i actually had this situation recently where one of my um seminar groups who had been transitioning from on campus to online learning so we'd gone from seminars on campus to the zoom sessions there was one particular day where the, it just felt like they were really flat. So I could see they were all doing a fantastic job of having their cameras on. I just was getting the feeling that, as you do sometimes, that, you know, are they, you know, how am I going to get some traction here? I'm not getting a lot of responses when I'm asking questions. Everyone just seems a little bit flat. So I thought, spur of the moment, a lot of these activities are planned, but in this case I thought, do you know what? I'll get them onto Twitter with their phones. And all I put out there was, um, let's check in. How are you feeling today? Put the unit hashtag and it was for my seminar group. Reply with a GIF only. So a GIF, of course, is a short animated image. And that gave students the license to not put in too much effort. So they didn't have to think about something to write. They just responded in a medium that is super familiar to them because they're used to um, conversing using images, memes, all sorts of things. And it also gave them the ability to express themselves. And the responses to that tweet, number one, it engaged them because they picked up their phones and it sort of switched the, the sort of mood a little bit, sort of changed their focus. Almost all of those gifts actually reflected that the students were feeling exhausted. So most of them <laughs> depicted in some way that they were exhausted and tired or that they were feeling overwhelmed. And this was coming up to assessment deadlines. And it seems like such a simple thing, but the ability for me to scroll through those 20 tweets and see that overwhelming theme that everybody in the class was feeling overwhelmed or tired or both was so powerful because then I said, I really appreciate your answers to those. Isn't it good to see that everybody here is, is dealing with the same thing? We're all feeling a bit the same way. So let's just acknowledge that for a minute. You guys are doing an amazing job to be here at a seminar at a time when you've got lots of deadlines and it's all feeling a bit too much. And just being able to acknowledge where they were I don't think I would have been able to get that true sense as a group of how they were feeling 
in any other way. But um, just having that that visual support was so powerful. So, um, and from that point forward in the seminar, we seemed to, it's like once we'd acknowledged that and they'd had the opportunity to express it, um, you know, the seminar went really well and they actually contributed some amazing thoughts and, and made some media during that session that was quite inspiring. So, you know, even though the group was feeling overwhelmed and tired as, as a whole, um, once we'd acknowledged that, they were able to go on and be productive in the session, which I think is pretty amazing for them to achieve. That sounds like such a great opportunity for that pulse check, but in a really informal way without actually asking students to own that oh, I'm about to have a whinge here or yeah. I feel like I'm having a whinge when I'm not. I'm not really putting myself out there. I can just say, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I've had enough of this week. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, we all know that, that, you know, feeling like you're not alone in that situation is also really really powerful morale boosting um, when you know that everyone's sort of dealing with similar situations. And it links back to that. Um, you mentioned earlier the personal professional um, boundaries in online um, and social media use, particularly building your online identity mm-hmm. and showing that actually it is okay to be yourself and you should be yourself just within, you know, those professional boundaries Um, and of course your students studying communication studies they don't necessarily have an obvious um, job role at the end it's not like studying nursing as you did where you're going to go and be a nurse they're going to be playing with those different ideas of who can I be what can I do with with my degree so um, I think that's um, that social media use and that opportunity to connect uh, would be really valuable there. Have you seen any examples of students kind of exploring that a little bit further and making those connections and exploring the different opportunities available via social media? Absolutely. And I'd say that's, you know, what we talk to them about a lot. And of course, not every student um, takes that up and continues with their engagement online after they finished the units. But when they do, um, we we often get direct messages from students or emails saying, you know, thank you for, for what I've learned during this unit. I've continued putting that into practice. And it might be anything from continuing to write blog posts um, after the unit, continuing to make videos or podcasts and actually sharing their work online. For many of them, um, we do little bonus topics that aren't part of the core um, unit material, but things like, you know, building a profile on LinkedIn, um, sometimes personal professional branding on Instagram, social media scheduling, all of those little things for students to actually go away and experiment with those themselves and start to share their work online. It feels like in some ways, and we talk about this a lot, that there's so much noise out there, that there's so much happening on social media that it's really hard to stand out. But actually, it's amazing to see the students who do take that extra step, continue to share their work and make some connections online. Sometimes that's, you know, from in-person, in-real-life networking and they, you know, continue connect with those people online. But sometimes it's a referral network through students that they've got to know their peers during their studies and they continue to interact with them outside and when internship opportunities come up 
Um, often employers are looking for people who can do the work. So they're looking for someone who can manage their social media, can edit their videos, can write their blog posts, and they don't necessarily want someone with a particular qualification. And as you said, it varies so much in communications anyway. You know, even certain job roles may not be looking for just someone with one degree. They're looking for someone with the practical skills. So it often happens that students say, oh, you know, I just wanted to let you know that I was approached by so-and-so and and they were looking for someone to do their editing. And I said, I do it and it's going really well. Um, Same with social media work. Um, A lot of students do continue to build their profile and, you know, someone will just notice them on LinkedIn or on Twitter and they'll send them a message and say, I've noticed what you're doing. Would you be interested in some work? And I I think that's the ultimate. Um, That is absolutely fantastic for them in terms of their opportunity. It's a wonderful example that then, you know, we continue to share with um, current students in the units as well um, to show them it's it doesn't take too much in terms of, you know, you don't have to be online all the time. You don't have to be constantly publishing content. To stand out is just sharing a few things strategically over a period of time um, and developing your profile. So just, you know, this trimester in the last couple of weeks. So I've had um, one student who started doing some video editing for an online brand who, who actually publishes online courses. So there's a lot of video work there and she's absolutely having a ball. We've got another student who's just gone into a social media role um, for a, a not-for-profit organisation. We've got a couple of others with some internship applications um, on the go. And because they've got that portfolio of online work already, they are at a huge um, advantage compared to those who may only have, you know, essays and that sort of thing in on, on their computer. So, yes, it happens quite a bit. And it's it's wonderful for us when we see when we see that. And really the perfect advertisement for creating those connections, um, both with your peers and um, going outside um, the university and those professional connections Mm -hmm. as well, um, which is probably a good place to leave it for today. Um, Before we wrap up, though, Emily, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Any words of wisdom or suggestions for other teachers? Gosh, um, that's that's a big question, isn't it? I suppose <laughs> I suppose one of our, um, you know, the core themes around all of our teaching is is learning by doing. The importance of just jumping in and getting some experience, practical experience, with any of the tools and platforms that we're using. And I think that um, a big, a really important role um, for students to see teachers in is part of that experimentation. So. Um, you know, it's really about stepping outside your comfort zone. So as a teacher, I I do that a lot. And I know that if I'm getting too comfortable, it's time to try something new. Um, Things like live video broadcasts, which Adam and I have just published um, an article on. So um, I'd say as much as you can, keep challenging yourself. And this is for students and teachers to step outside your comfort zone, try something new. Honestly, without all of those different tools and um, the various things that we use, I wouldn't be enjoying the the teaching experience so much. And it is amazing to get that feedback from students. And unless you just 
you know, dip your toe in the water and push yourself out there a little bit more, you may never discover those, all of those amazing things that students have to offer. And I very much think that the um, teaching, learning sort of process should be a continuous loop. So teachers, um, students teach me just as much as I could ever teach them. So it's all about getting in there and, and having a go together, learning by doing, because we know this space changes so fast. So yeah, just start small and go from there. <laughs> An inspiring note to leave it on. <laughs> Emily, thank you very much. Um, it was lovely to talk to you today and hear some of your insights. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Joe.